Today I, I need to do, I'm doing a two-part series on um, what the screen says up there, broken but blessed. And um, I'm learning a, a, a lot of us want to get to the blessed part. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm going to talk about that. Um, so today I just need to do um, something just briefly. I won't be long. I, I need to stop saying that because whenever I say that I'm long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you the introduction, <laughs> the, um, the scene setting, and I want you to think differently. But before I do that, is Teresa here? Uh, Teresa Leggett, did I get that right? Uh, Teresa, are you here somewhere, somewhere, or no, nobody know? Okay. Is she, where's she at, where's she at? Oh, stand up, yeah, okay. I want you all to turn around and look at that beautiful lady in the blue dress. Yeah, yeah, amen. Now, she, um, she was here at the conference, and remember Thursday night, Bishop Clay kind of spoke a word of prophecy over the house that this is going to be a cancer-free zone. And uh, y'all know my testimony, right, of, of God's miracle, um, healing, and um, people look at me today and they still don't believe what God has done, but I'm like, God is God, man. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. Teresa's been having to go to the doctor consistently for um, consistent colonoscopy because these polyps keep showing up. And she's been having to go quite frequent. Um, and I think for the first time, she went and got a colonoscopy. And this time, the doctors found nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So as opposed to telling her, come back in three months or whatever, she's on her three years thing. Come on, y'all. No, no, no. Y'all just too. Y'all just. Yeah. Y'all just. Amen. Give God glory for that kind of stuff. Yeah, give God glory. Give God glory for that. Amen. So we are celebrating with you. We're going to pray with you. And I am living for every Sunday to sit here and tell you the testimonies of the faithfulness and the healing of God. It's not just me. He's going to heal homes. Yeah. He's going to heal marriages. He's going to, I mean, he, he's just going to restore lives. That's the kind of God we serve. But man, it's, it's so I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm just pumped. I'm just pumped about God. And um, we want to invite God to be God. So we have a couple of things, but we're not going to do that this week. So I'm going to ask our production team to rest a little bit because um, they're probably waiting for me to give them cues for what they're going to do. So no cues coming. <laughs> um, we'll do what we're going to do. Um, we have to finish up showing you the rest of our Malawi videos, but I think God is doing something unique this morning. So uh, let me just pray with you, and then um, we're going to go through the Word. Um, bow your heads with me. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, you're gracious. Lord, you're merciful. You're, you're kind. And so we thank you for the spirit of worship. We thank you for the spirit of what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. So, Holy Spirit, as we go to the word this morning, um, it's the front end of a long passage of Scripture, the life of one of your chosen that you had to break. So, as we talk about the precursor to brokenness, um, open our hearts to hear, minds to understand. Give us literal ears to hear, not metaphors, literal ears to hear, so we can adjust and be who you would have us to be. In your name we pray, amen. 
I, I just have to say this. Uh, Sam and, and, and Carissa, Charissa, and um, Don, thank you all for... Um, these guys are true worshipers, man. Yeah. Every time I meet them, I get impressed. Um, the tag to that last song that we just sang, um, is Kathy here? Kathy Hudson? She stepped out. She just missed this. Kathy wrote that during worship prep Thursday. And they were sensitive enough to capture that and look at what happened Sunday morning. Thank you all for, yeah. She wrote that in the moment of worship. In the moment of worship, the Lord dropped that in her spirit. And look how God used that. And, and you see what happens when you're attuned? All right, let's go to the Word. Amen. Enough of that. Genesis. Go to the book of Genesis. Um, yeah, Genesis. And um, I'm just going to walk, walk through. While you're going there, go to Genesis 25, I think it is. This is where I want you to go. Yeah. Pastor Battle, when he was here, um, blessed the socks off of me. First of all, he called me out publicly, which was cool. Everybody's been, people been cool with me. Pastor, how'd you take that, man? You got fronted. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's good stuff. That's good for growth. That's good for growth. He's my dude. And if you don't want to grow, you don't take the hit, right? Um, but one of the things that he said to us as a church is that, um, is that before uh, we can achieve breakout, there needs to be a break in you remember him saying that? Yeah, he says there's got to be a break in, and I think he attributed to our individual lives that God has to break us individually to kind of help us, to, to fix us up the way he wants us to be before he can use us um, to accomplish his will. One of my favorite speakers, preachers Chuck Swindoll, um, captured that same phrase and kind of made it, I'm going to use the word famous, in that Chuck says it this way, before God uses you greatly, um, he allows you to be broken deeply. And so he takes you to some stuff to kind of take out of, of us what's not in him. You kind of get what I'm saying? Um, and, and the problem with me and the problem with a lot of us today is that we don't want to go through the brokenness part. Or we want to dictate the rules for our brokenness. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We want to dictate our own rules for brokenness. And um, then we say, okay, God, I'm ready. And God kind of looks at you like, I haven't even begun to do a work in you yet. It's, it's the most amazing thing, yeah. Um, the person you see sitting in front of you today is not the same guy that I was. Um, I'll even go as far as to say yesterday. But even in my younger years, um, you're looking at a person that was probably, my wife would say, arrogant and big-headed and smelled himself. That's a metaphor. Not that I was stinkering on that stuff, yeah. And um, you couldn't tell me nothing, or if you didn't do it, I'd do it because I know how to do it. Yeah, come on, y'all, y'all know, you know, yeah, you, you got a little gift and you think you're all that, and, and you get beyond yourself. And God woke me up one day in that he didn't take the switch, he took the sledgehammer. Yeah, public humiliation, you name it all. God, God did all of that to form me into the person of Christ that I am today. Um, but one of the things that I also learned, even in my own formation, is that as a young man, my mom died at a very, very early age, so my father was responsible for a lot of my maturation and my formative process in that um, 
the person that you see the, today, the business guy, the whatever you see about me, has a lot to do with the way my dad raised me. Um, and my dad instilled some important traits within myself, within my brothers and sisters that I've been able to transfer uh, onto my own children as well to make them their people, the people that they are today. But here's what I learned very, very early in life with my parents. Now, when you're raised in the Caribbean, it's a lot different than being raised in the United States. In the United States, if you get a butt whipping, you can call the police. Yes, yeah, social service, human service. In the Caribbean, try it. Cops will come, they'll whoop you in front of the cop. <laughs> they just take you out. So, so here's what I learned. I said that to say this. I've learned that there's, there's sometimes there's two types of people in life, right? There's manipulators, and then there are enablers, okay? Um, there, there's people who will manipulate a situation for their benefit, and there are people who will enable the manipulation to continue. You kind of get what I'm saying? And so a lot of individuals, if you don't catch that situation early in life and fix it, um, you could end up ruining a person's life or position them to go down a long path where when God gets ready to break you, when he gets done, there's potentially a literal limp that you end up walking there with because the brokenness was so hard. I mean, imagine if you've been manipulating your parents as a little child and you transfer that into your adolescence and you manipulate your friends and you go through school manipulating teachers and professors and then you find a young lady you're going to marry and you start manipulating her, your entire life is filled with manipulation such that you have fooled yourself into be be believing it's your norm. And that's how I function, but the whole time you're manipulating. And if you marry a person that doesn't catch that, they will enable your manipulation. Come on now. And they'll tolerate a whole lot of foolishness. And we have a lot of people that's been living life tolerating a whole lot of foolishness. And I think God wants to break today enablers and manipulators. All right? So, so don't, don't listen to this message through the lens of that word is not for me. Yeah, it is for you. Yeah, and it's for me too. And it's for all of us. So um, repeat after me. Say, I need to be broken so I can receive my blessing. Now, turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, you need to be broken. <laughs> no, y'all got to say that you with an attitude. You need to be broken. Yeah, yeah, so you can receive your blessing. Yeah, what's funny, what's funny is sitting here watching the husbands and wives, man, and they're like, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genesis chapter, I want to tell you about the life of Joseph in two weeks. Um, I'm going to try to do it in two weeks um, because on the, the fifth Sunday we want to do something different. If I don't get it done in two weeks, oh well, fifth Sunday, here we go. You, got, you guys know the rules around here. I want to talk about jo Jacob. And I want to talk about Jacob because I think Jacob, what happened to Jacob in Genesis chapter 32, I know where I'm at, in chapter 32 about that tension and that wrestling with God, we are quick to pick that passage and preach that passage quite well, and we hurry through all the literary context to get to that, but we don't try to look at what happened or how Jacob was formed in his formative years that created this person in chapter 32 
that God had to bless before he changed his name to Israel, okay? I know I'm saying some stuff that might not make sense to you all, but stay with me. We're going to walk through that. In a couple of weeks, we'll get to that. So I want to look at the life of Jacob, and I just want to look today specifically at the front end of his life that caused him to be the way he is, and I want to take a moment at the end of the message, it's, it's, it's going to be a weird ending for us to do some f- self-reflection and decide whether we're manipulators or manipulators and begin the process of opening the door for God to work. Is that all right? Okay. So we're going to do a lot of reading. I'm going to do a lot of narrating, but I'm just going to point some things so we can hear um, what God is saying and what he is doing in our midst. Now, this crazy thing don't want to work. And technology, huh? Somebody going to say, you should get a Bible. Yeah. It's okay, but well, let me read and then, um, oh, Lord, don't do this to me. I don't want, I need to borrow a Bible. I'm sound like Bishop Clay now. Yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on, let's give it a chance, let's give it a chance, let's give it a chance. Yeah, let's give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. if I get a Bible, I won't see it, see? Okay. okay, there we go, we good now. Okay, Genesis 25, go to verse 19. Genesis 25 and 19. And I'm going to read and I'm going to talk, narrate a little bit, and I'll do this um, as expedient as I can to get to where we need to go. You guys are there? Okay, um, before I read verse 19, um, just say Abraham and Sarah. That's all you need to know about those two. Read from the back of Genesis to get to that, to to get caught up. So here's what Abraham and and what's going on here. Verse 19, it says, these are the generation of Isaac, Abraham's son. And you know, Isaac was the descendant. You remember Ishmael and Isaac? You all remember that, right? Where God made a promise to Abraham and Abraham could not wait. And he went ahead and hurried up with, um, with his wife, uh, Sarah, to go get their handmaiden, Hagar, and they tried to help God out. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Now, the reason I want to bring that out is Abraham had a character flaw that wasn't addressed, and I want you to start to see now um, generational curses being handed down. So Abraham had a problem, right? He tried to manipulate God, and he ended up with Isaac, and he ended up with Ishmael. So notice what happened to Isaac now. So verse 19 says, these are the generation of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, verse 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban. And don't miss that word Laban. You're going to hear him again, the Aramean, to be his wife. Isaac prayed to the Lord um, for his wife because she was barren. Doesn't that sound familiar? Like Abraham and Sarah, y'all remember that? She was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebecca, conceived, Rebecca, his wife, conceived. The children struggled within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? I'm in the ESV. And so they went and inquired of the Lord. And look at what the Lord said, verse 23. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are where? In your womb, and two peoples. Don't miss that, okay? From within you shall be what? Divided. Let me just hit real quick on the word people. Two type of personalities, two people group, two nationalities are going to be coming out of your womb. And then look at this. And one shall be stronger than who? The other and the older shall serve what? Let me read that again because this is going to help you with my story. Two nations are in your room, two peoples are within you, shall be divided, and one shall serve the, um, shall be stronger and the other shall serve who? the younger. Now, that message, that word, was released over Rebecca's wife. I want to make sure I'm getting it right. Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, When she went and prayed to the Lord, Lord, I'm pregnant. 
I'm having um, birthing pains. So what's going on within me? And God releases a word over her life to say to her, within you, Rebecca, I have two nations being born. And God gave her the specific of what the word is going to be. He says, um, the people are going to be divided. The stronger, uh, one will be stronger than the other. And listen to this carefully. The older is going to serve who? The older is going to serve who? One more time. The older is going to serve who? Okay, good. Now, verse 22, when the days to give birth were completed, behold, they were twins. Duh, God said that. Yeah. And the first one, look at these two children. The first one came out red. Um, he was a brother. Yeah. And, <laughs> and no, I'm sorry, y'all just, yeah. And his body like a hairy cloak, so they called him Esau, okay? Um, later on, you're going to see um, connecting his name Esau with Edom, having to do with that nation that was born of him. And now look at verse 26. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand doing what? Holding Esau's heel. And as a result, that's what the word so would be translated if you were to, to do the etymological work on it in Hebrew, as a result of what he was doing. They called his name, what? Jacob, okay? Now, I need to stop here. So here's what Jacob means. And the, the, the author gives us this detail for a specific reason. Um, two kids were born. The first one, Esau, came out red, hairy, um, just built, doing his thing. And then as they were pulling him out of the room, they noticed that, listen to what I'm going to say, the one that came from behind was grabbing his heel. As if to say, don't leave me back here. As if to say, I should have came out first. As if to say, he's trying to pull him back down. I wish I had somebody in here. So, so the parents said, the parents said, we're going to name him Jacob because of what he seems to be doing at birth. Now, what Jacob means, Jacob's, if you were to study the name, it could mean trickster, it, it means supplanter, and, and more importantly, it means always coming from behind or bringing up the rear or being in second place or never being first because I'm grabbing the heel to try to catch up. You guys are with me? This is very, very important information before we can even get to chapter 2. Okay, look at this now. So, verse 27. When the boys grew up, Esau, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling where? Now, this is, this is critical. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Golly. One more time. Isaac loved Esau because he was a man's man. He ate of his game, but the text says, Rebekah loved Jacob. Important twins, and you have two boys, and the daddy loves the firstborn, because mama probably shared the word of the Lord with daddy about what's going to happen with the firstborn. But the problem in the text is that mommy was not in love with the firstborn. She loved Jacob. You guys are tracking with me. Now, let me say this. First of all, repeat after me. Say, Jacob had a birth defect. Jacob had a birth defect. 
That's very, very important for you to know. Let me tell you what his birth defect was. Psalms um, 51 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. This guy came out of his mama's womb with manipulating tactics. Default manipulator. Default grabbing the heel. Default working out stuff for his good. Default fixing what God... Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. Default impatient having to wait on God. That was his character defect by birth. They named him after his problem. Mama knew it. Daddy knew it. Everybody knew it. <laughs> you guys are with me? Okay. So watch how his birth defect starts to develop itself. Okay? Verse 29. When Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of the red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. You see, starting to be named after the people. Jacob said to him, sell me your birthright. Now. That's my translation has now in it. Important statement. He didn't quite pull him back into second place at birth. As they grew up, he saw an opportunity to grab his heel again and to pull him back down. So he says, I missed you at birth. Before we get too old, I'm going to get in front of you. The birthright by right was the right that the eldest son had such that when they were about to leave home and daddy would divide the inheritance, the eldest son would get double the portion of the youngest son, right? So here's what the manipulator is trying to manipulate from his brother Esau, grabbing his heel again, because I'm not going to stay in the rear. I'm not going to come from behind. Here's what we're going to do. When we get old enough to leave home, take mine, I'm going to take yours. Yeah, because I'm just going to get one Beamer and you're going to get two BMWs. And I want both. Mercedes, whatever kind of car you like. You guys get the, the thing. So he's manipulating the situation out for his good. Listen to Esau not realizing what he's doing because his character is coming out. Esau said, I'm about to die. What use is a birthright to me? Not that he was going to die, whatever. And, 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 and verse 33, sign a contract. Swear to me now. And he swore to him. And the text said he sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went away. Then it says, thus Esau despised his what? You see his character flaw coming out, guys? I, I, that's what I want you to see. Do you guys see that? Jacob had a problem. He had a birth defect and left to his own device. He would manipulate situations for his good. And the author is trying to see, let us see, even early in life, he is manipulating things to work out for his benefit. You guys are tracking with me, okay? Chapter 26 happens. So let's go through chapter 26. Jump all the way down to verse 34. And I'm going to get to where I want to get. And, and this is going to be a, a, just an introduction that I'm going to stop. If you're at 34, say amen. Okay. 
Now, you have to imagine with me that all the birthright did was gave Jacob free reign to double the stuff, but literally Esau was still the firstborn. You guys are tracking with me, okay? So now verse 34 happened. Esau probably had his own issue, but I'm not here to talk about Esau. So when he was 40 years old, um, he took Judith, the daughter of Barry the Hittite, to be his wife. And Basemath, I wouldn't marry nobody named Basemath. Um, Lord, gee, give her a prettier name, something. Yeah, Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. And verse 35, they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. Okay, now that's a very, very important phrase because we're starting to get to enabling right now. So let me explain what happened here. You remember with Abraham and Isaac, uh, God said to them, don't marry Canaanite women, marry people from within the tribe, so on and so forth. So Esau, something has obviously went wrong in the house that Esau now is going against the custom of his home and he goes outside of his own tribe to the Canaanite people and he finds these two women, the Hittite um, uh, uh, this woman named Barry, a Hittite, to be his wife, and this other one named Basemath from Elon, another Hittite, to be his wife. And then verse 35, and I need to say this, but I'm not cussing, okay? And they made life a living hell for Isaac and Rebecca. Now, this is Felix. Let me inject me in the text. I personally think um, Isaac could deal with it. Rebecca hated her daughter-in-laws. She had a problem with them. Now, let me say, when it says made life bitter, um, I did some, some, some digging into that word. I mean, constant fight, constant fight, constant argument, constant bickering. I mean, the house was in uproar because you understand back in that day, when you get married, you didn't really leave home. You just added on to your daddy's home and brought your wife into the situation. So they're in name proximity. And every time Rebecca would see these girls, she probably caught the, called them the, the female cow word. Y'all going to wake up one day. Y'all missed it. And, and, and she probably called them all kinds of names. But the problem was they had tension. And she saw this as an opportunity to do what she should not have done. And she became the root of Jacob ending up the way he did. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. Because I think... If she had stopped the behavior and cut it off and aligned with God, Jacob could have ended up differently and reached his destiny faster. But don't, don't get spiritual and theological on me. All things work together for the good. So God will allow you to go through your crazy manipulation stuff for a while and do what you got to do. But when he gets ready, he's going... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so I say to people all the time, you can take the long route or you can take the, the short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get broken today or you can wait six months and still going to get broken. Come on, I want you all to hear me. You can get broken tomorrow or you can wait 10 years from now and do 10 years from now what you should have done today. It doesn't matter where you are. The fact all things work together for good. God created us for purpose and destiny and God's will is going to be done. You guys are tracking with me. This boy had a problem, and he knew he had a problem, 
and he recognized I should probably do something about this, but his mama was an enabler because she did not like his older brother and them two women she brought in the house. And then her stuff came out. <sighs> Chapter 27. I'm going to hurry through this because I just want to paint this. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that they could not see, he called Esau. See, now he's really getting ready to bless him, his oldest son, and said to him, My son, he answered, Here I am, he said. Behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat it, that my soul that my soul may bless you before I die. Look at verse 5. Now Rebecca was listening. I got a problem with that. <laughs> I really do. Man on his deathbed, laying there about to die, called his oldest son to bless him, and here she is. Let me contemporize this. Picking up his phone, reading his text. <laughs> Going in the, back in the day, you, don't, you can't do this today, but back in the day, you'd go grab the receiver to pick it up and put your finger right on the button before, and then pick it up, and then, then let your finger go so you... <laughs> Yeah, y'all know the young folk don't know nothing about that, cause you know. But the old, come on, y'all, old folk, yeah, we, come on, y'all, help a brother out, y'all. Yeah, old folk know about that. We we going in and and I love you. And then before we put it back down, we make sure we press that knob first, boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, y'all, young people, y'all don't know about that. Yeah, we back in the day, we had it, we had the hookup. Yeah, we could spy on you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So she's listening. And remember with me, the reason she's listening is because she loves Jacob, but she knows that Isaac loves Esau. And lock into this. She's going to help God flip the script because she wants it to go the way she wants it to go because she can't stand him or his women are you hearing me? And she wants her son, who is not the firstborn, to get firstborn stuff. Oh, that's a word right there. And so she's going to work to manipulate this thing or to enable the manipulator. As opposed to allowing God to be God. So she was listening, and when Esau was in the field hunting for game, I'm at verse 6. Rebecca, look at the, the Old Testament repetition said to, and look at what the author says, her son. What pronouns? Jacob. I heard your daddy speak to your brother. Not my son, because he ain't mine. <laughs> Esau, bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before I die. And look at what she says in verse 8. So then my son, again, obey my voice as 
I command you. Look at all the first person pronouns, right? And it says, go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare it from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you then is going to take it to your father so that he may bless you before he dies. But verse 11 is important. But listen to verse 11. But Jacob said to Rebekah, Mama, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I'm smooth. How are we going to work this out? Okay, look at verse 12. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and I'm blessed and not a blessing. Here's what Jacob is saying if you were to dig it. Mama, I got a problem. I'm a manipulator and daddy knows that I lie all the time. He knows that I manipulate stuff all the time. He knows that I mess it up and if I go in there, I'm going to blow it and I'm going to mess up here. Baby, I got this. I got this. I, women, you ever said to your man, I got this. And it turned out really bad. Or men, you said to your wife, I've got this. Or parents to your children, I've got this. And your son, please nobody take this personal. Dumb as the day is dumb. But she going to go, he needs to be in, in first grade because he can't read where I got this, baby. And you set your child up for, fa for failure by our own manipulative tact. I wish I had somebody. And anyway, verse 12, verse 11, his mother said um, to him, let your curse be on who? Me. Only obey my voice and go bring it to me. So he went. Verse 14, brought them to his mother. His mother prepared delicious food, such as the father loved. Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her oldest son, which were in her house. That's an interesting phrase. Can't stand your wife, but I got your clothes in my house. Mm, I'm going to leave that alone. That's Wednesday. Put them on Jacob, her youngest son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands, and she put the smooth part on his neck. And she put the delicious food and bread which he had prepared into the hands of her son Jacob. And so he went into his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son, Jacob said. Um, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, Yahoo, firstborn. And look at this. I have done as you has told me, have told me. Now sit up and eat my game that your soul may do what? Bless me. Verse 20, but Isaac said to his son, man, you, you, you don't kill that thing that quick. And he answered, huh, because the Lord has granted me success. Now, now, don't blame Jacob for that phrase. The manipulator used that phrase because the enabler enabled him. That's what I want us to see. He had a problem. And it could have been fixed. But she was enabling him to amplify the problem. And at the end of the day, she created this monster. I wish. Verse 21, Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you. Um, let me just read this real quick. So I know whether you're really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went to his father. His father felt him, so on and so forth. They blessed him. I want you all to read that. So this is a teaser. You read it on your own. And... Um, then let me just jump ahead. So the dad gives him all the blessing, right? Look at the blessing real quick. Um, let me go here. Um, go to verse 27. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him. 
See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May the Lord give you the dew of the dawn of heaven, of the heavens of the earth, the plenty for grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. May others, mothers, sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and bless be everyone who blesses you. Verse 30, so when Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, um, Jacob when Jacob had scarcely gone out of the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. Okay, so let me say this real quick. Let me back up and then we're going to land. I'm, I'm done. I just need to give you that literary context. Rebecca was pregnant. She goes to God and she says, God, what's going on? The Lord said, there's two nations in your room. The older is going to serve the younger. Um, one's going to be stronger than the other. The kids come out. She fell in love with the second child. And the daddy fell in love with the first child. The word was for the first child. And watch the mama fixing the situation so their position are reversed. And she enabled a manipulator to manipulate his way. I want... Okay, let me read this and I'm going to stop. Verse 35, verse 35. When, but he said to his brother who came to see flee, that's talking about what happened. Um, Daddy now was telling the son how he got cheated, all that good stuff, okay? Um, and look at the result now. So Jake, I mean Esau just straight up cussed out Isaac. Let me say it at that. 41, 41. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. I want to stop there. Worship team, come. Y'all look up at me. I'm learning more and more that before I can get to brokenness, I must deal with the Jacob in me. I must deal with the Jacob in me. And I think each and every one of us in here must deal with the Jacob in us. And not only must we deal with the Jacob in us, but those of us that find ourselves in different situations where we have been living a lie, whatever that lie is. And we want God to use us, but for some reason we can't be truthful about who we really are. We're constantly, you know, I was thinking about this this week, schizophrenic within ourselves. Sometimes we're Rebecca enabling, plotting the scheme, and then we act out the Jacob part where we manipulate the situation we're constantly plotting and scheming, and we think we're manipulating God to get from God what he promises to do. So this is what it could look like. God says in his word that I'm going to bless, I'm going to do whatever. So here's what we do. We try to manipulate God by being tithers or by praying or doing whatever and say, if I do this, God's going to do that. And sometimes God just wants us to love him just because. I want you all to hear me. Just because, right? 
in life, in, in the business world, in our marriage, at homes, in interpersonal relationships. We find ourselves manipulating things. And, 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 and we lie so much about it that we have others enabling us as opposed to speaking the truth in love so we can be who God would have us to be. And because we're so used to manipulation that it seems we can never get to God because every time we think a door is going to be open, God shuts it, right? So, so and, and you're going to see this next week as we kind of flesh out this story. His mama manipulated this situation for him to get a blessing from God. Um, Isaac literally releases the blessing, and it looks like the blessing is upon his life. But what you're going to see when we get to chapter 32, he can't reap the benefits of the blessing until the brokenness takes place. Very, very important. I can't go to God and say to God, I'm fixed. Now you can use me. That's his call. If I say to him, I'm fixed, I'm still manipulating. Because I'm still trying to do certain things for him to do. I wish I had. Come on, y'all. And sometimes God just wants us to lay dead before him. And say, God, I'm on the operating table. Start to break me. Start to do what you need to do within me. So I want to challenge us this morning, before we leave this place, to search your own heart and say, am I a heel grabber trying to pull others down so I can get in front? Or am I like Rebecca where I see a problem and as opposed to addressing it for it to get fixed, I enable it? And I scheme and I plot and I plot my scheme and I scheme and I plot. I think God wants to begin the process of fixing us today. But we must come and deal with the truth of who we really are. Here's how I begin with God, right? God, I'm a sinner. By default, I was born with a birth defect, right? And so my birth defect is going to make me prone to sin. So by default, I'm going to hell straight up if I don't accept Christ in my life as personal Lord and Savior. So I thank you for coming to die in Calvary for my sins. So God, I accept you. Now Felix needs to stop trying to fix things for God and let God be God. The reason my life is messed up because I did it. Because I try to do, I try to whatever. And, and, then, and then when you look at me and you don't recognize my gift or use me, whatever, here's what I do in my manipulative self. I blame you. As opposed to me sitting still and trust God where it says your gifts make room. Come on, y'all know the scripture. Your this, that. Don't, don't you know God's going to use us all in his time? God's going to do what he wants done in our time. God's going to bless in his time. Don't, don't, don't we know that? All we need to do is remain faithful and don't manipulate and don't enable and don't whatever. So I just want us just to take a moment just to right where you are, bow your heads and search you. This statement is going to be so harsh, but hear it in the spirit in which I'm going to say it. I'm learning more and more if my problem it's always the other person's fault. Something's wrong with me. Just take a moment in your own way and say, God, mold me. God, make me. God, shape me.
We're going to walk through this text next week and really look. I need you to know what Joseph, Jacob's situation, how he got where he was. Before it gets too deep, allow God just to move, just to move.